So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Hello, everyone. God bless you. Welcome today to More Than Conquerors. We are so delighted to have you here with us, and uh, we're going to just really, really do our best to bless you (laughs) and to have a good time, give you some information here. Uh, We hope here, Terry, you know, as the beginning of the year, we're having uh, people feel uh, real motivated to start new you know, things in their life like exercise, diets, you know, uh, spending more time and as if a Christian, maybe more time in the word or are they going to be more uh, diligent with their time or they're going to, you know, they're going to start all kinds of new things. We call it uh, New Year's resolutions. And uh, sometimes they last a week. <laughs> sometimes <work>. they last, <laughs> you know, a month. Sometimes they don't uh, have a, a shelf life, as we say. Uh, more than about 90 days. But, you know, the the thing that's the most important is that your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it never, never, never goes away. The Lord is always there with you, living in you. He came in there to set up housekeeping and to stay for all eternity. Yes, Isn't yes, that yes, wonderful? Yes. We were talking last week uh, about the real purpose of the church and what you have been doing for now almost 54 years to constantly not only go to other nations, Terry, but to remind churches uh, here in America as well of, of the real purpose of the local church, why we as Christians are left here on the planet. We don't just rapture when we're born again. We are left here to be salt and light and to work with God as co-laborers to get the gospel to the world. Is Absolutely. No, that's the reason we're here. That's the point. <laughs> You know, I've said for decades and decades that if the only point of us preaching the gospel was to get you to go to heaven, no, right? then all of us evangelists, all of us preachers, all of us soul winners, every time we got somebody saved, we'd just shoot them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> take them home, Lord. Take them home. Quick before they backslide, before they sin. Take them home. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that's not the point. No. You know, it'd be, it'd be like Thankfully. fishing. You catch a fish, throw them in the ice chest. Well, you win a sinner and send them to heaven. Yeah, right. But God wants you, that person, the saved one, the born-again one, to in turn be a Christian, a yes. Christ-like one, an imitator of King Jesus, so that their Jesus' mission is their mission, their Jesus' vision is their vision, right. their own purpose, like right. Jesus. Jesus was the most on-purpose person on the planet. Exactly. And uh, I said last week, and I've said so many times over the years, that I think the church really doesn't know, uh, in this day and age, she used to know, but right. I don't think the church knows in, in this day and age uh, who she is mm-hmm. and why she's here. Right. And I think, my opinion is, that the reason she doesn't know is because she's forgotten why Jesus came and why he was here. 
because his vision should be our vision, his mission, our mission, That's right. uh, his so purpose, simple. our purpose. We, you know, Very simple. Jesus said, I do only the things I see my father right. do. So right. uh, we ought to be the same way. He exactly. said, I only say the things I hear my father say, so we ought to be the same way. Right. Uh, but we need to be, a, a, you know, an on purpose bunch of people. Well, and, you know, you, you and I, uh, and I know in our own thinking how we see things like this, but we talk about this, and you have taught so often how in Genesis chapter 1, the very first command that the Lord, Father God, gave to Adam and Eve was to uh, multiply. Multiply and be fruitful. Have babies. You've got a family. <laughs> and it's the same thing in the realm of the Spirit, just like it is in the natural. Uh, to have a family, God wants to have a family. You and I look forward to having families and all of these, as our children grow older, our grandchildren go grow older, everybody gets married. <laughs> you know, the, the concept of all that is to multiply. And it should be the same thing with the gospel. That oh, is, absolutely. as soon as we are born again, then we can begin to multiply that in the lives of other people. And that's the whole purpose of preaching the gospel, going into all the world, as Jesus told the disciples in Acts chapter 1 in the New Testament, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And here we are at the beginning of, who'd have thought, 2022, Terry. You know, back in the 60s when we were getting out of high school, who'd have ever thought we <laughs> No, that, that was un unthinkable. That sounded, that just sounded, yeah, no, that just sounded so far off, and it just sounded so sci-fi that it was just, you know, something that just could hardly ever happen. And and I mean, you just can't project yourself into that time and realize that here we've lived all these years, and yet it's just a tiny speck of earth time. Sure. And yet we're out here after all these years still doing the same thing we started out doing when we were young, young children. And that is hearing the gospel, preaching the gospel, loving people, um, doing what Jesus told us to do, and that's be a light, you know, yes, and, yes, then, yes. and then be flavor. I mean, our presence in a room should just make it more exciting, <laughs> more well, interesting. Sure. Well, sure. You know, when we come in, uh, and I've said for years, but you know you've heard me say this over and over, when I get there, God gets there. When you get there, God gets there. Everything of the kingdom of God walks in the door. All that's in you, the very presence of Jesus Christ is on the inside of us. So our mission here in 2022 is the same mission it has been for the last 2,000 years and that is to get the gospel never, to the it's world. Never changed. You know, it's this never little changed. light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> I'm not going to hide it under a bushel. I'm going to make sure that when I walk into a room, when I'm up in the morning, when I wake up, my communication is with the Lord all day long. And then he's leading me and guiding me to places and things. Not only that I have to take on responsibility for our personal life, but then we also know that wherever we go, whatever we do, Every place the sole of our foot touches, that has God given to us as an influence to share the gospel. Oh, absolutely. And if as churches and pastors get back to that idea, we'll be more influential than we've ever been and we'll take more people to heaven. No, that's right. And, and that's our purpose. That's the that whole is our purpose. function and whole purpose of a Christian. And uh, we've got to come back to understanding why Jesus came. Uh, so, what he was here for, what his purpose was. So well, therefore, we know what our purpose is, yeah, why we came, what we're here for. It's just a, it's a real simple thing. You right. know, Jesus said about himself, the, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. 
You know, he said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not. Should not. Should not, should not, should not. They should not perish. They are perishing, but they should not, uh, but have everlasting life. You know, he he knew his purpose. You know, there in the book of Luke, they came to him in chapter 4, and they said, Jesus, you really preached good over there the other night. It was really good. Uh, How about doing a three-day seminar? How about about building a church? How about staying here? And he says, no. I must go to the next cities also, right. for thereunto am I sent. He, right. he he knew he was a soldier under command. Right. He knew he couldn't saturate one area with the gospel at the expense of another. Mm-hmm. He knew that he that he had to follow orders. He knew that he couldn't stay in one exactly. spot. He had to go to the next spot, the next spot, and the next spot and preach the gospel because he he knew he was sent. Right. He's not here doing his own thing. He's sent on a mission. Well, it's the same thing as Peter. You know, we we joke about this sometimes around, you know, people that understand this, that uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, like when when Peter, James, and John went up and followed Jesus mm-hmm. up there, and and then all of a sudden Isaiah and Elijah uh, appear, mm-hmm. and uh, Peter was so overwhelmed by it <laughs> that he did what a lot of us, uh, you know, would do and with an enthusiasm and passion, you know, he would say, this is so great and so wonderful. Why don't we just build three tabernacles and stay here? That's right. <laughs> you know? That's right. And the, the worst thing the church could do is to just build walls around us and stay there and it'd be us four and no more. And we never think about going out to the world. And as you've broken it down for us on different things about missions, outreach, soul winning, it's all of those things. We don't have to just do one or the other. Right. I mean, we can go to the world in a variety of of outreaches and methods and people, uh, children, teenagers, men, women, the church, the family, because God, he's only got one thing he's interested in, and that's people. And we're the ones that can get it it for him. It is the only cause that counts. (laughs) Yes. I've taught taught a message in Bible schools for decades to to Bible school students about missions. And and when I'm teaching missions, I have one whole series I do on on the methods of missions, because right. there's not just one way to do something. No, that's right. God's got God's got ways that He's never sprung on anybody million yet. Ways to do any one and, good thing, and He just waits for technology to be invented. And once technology is yes. invented, then He shows you another way, yes. <laughs> another way, and another way. And so uh, it, it all comes back to purpose. That you know, Paul Paul knew why Jesus came. Paul wasn't confused. He wasn't conflated. He, right. he, he, he and so he wanted to get that across to Timothy because Paul was the old apostle. And he was training the young pastor Timothy, mm-hmm. and uh, and he said to him in Timothy one fifteen, he said he said uh, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Well, Timothy, don't you forget this, Timothy. Remember this one thing: Jesus Christ <laughs> came into the world uh, to save sinners. So, it's so, so, so simple. even though you're pastor in this mega church, don't you forget don't what Jesus Christ came into the world forget. to do? You, he came into the world to save sinners. And then John, uh, uh, John the Baptist mm-hmm. knew why Jesus came. Right. Uh, when Jesus came down the river Jordan to, to be baptized, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God yes. that taketh away the sin of the world. What a declaration. And then John the Apostle knew why Jesus came. He said in 1 John 3, 5, you know that he was manifest to take away our sins. And then he said again in verse 8, For this purpose was, was the, the Son, Son of God of manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So uh, all these guys knew, uh, even the writer of Hebrews, nobody really knows who wrote Hebrews. A lot of people think it was Paul. That's okay with me, but we really don't know. We'll have to ask him when we get to heaven. But uh, uh, the writer of Hebrews, inspired of the Holy Ghost in chapter 9 and verse 26, made this statement. He said, he appeared to put away sin. 
That's what Jesus appeared for. That's what he came for. That was Those his are purpose. Such great verses. And so Jesus, again, knew why he was here. Yes. Paul knew why he was here. John the Baptist knew why he was here. Right, John the Apostle right. knew why he was here. The writer of Hebrews knew why he was here. They all knew that same purpose. And it's all well, through the New Testament, the purpose of Jesus. Mm. And yet the church used to know that. And somehow the church has gotten off out in left field in so many different areas and has forgotten the purpose Jesus came. Right. Therefore, again, they don't know why they're here. Well, you know, when Dean and I were pastoring all those nearly 40 years, <clears throat> and we had lots of wonderful fellowship with great pastors there in the city and then all over Texas and, and knew lots of folks and even sure. through you. Sure, sure, you know, sure. We knew lots of people. And uh, there is such a temptation when you are pastoring um, at, for the ministry to just become absorbed, I mean, immersed in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it, you may be in a building project. You may be focusing on, well, we've got to have a women's meeting in April, and we've got to have a men's meeting in June, and we've got to have youth camp in July, and yeah, we've got yeah, to yeah. get the kids back to school bashed, you know, and we've got to, and you just become uh, involved in local church mm -hmm, activity mm -hmm. and, uh, and the needs of those people yes. within the four walls of yes. what you're called to do. And you can easily forget the missionary, oh, sure. the orphan, oh, sure. the stranger. <laughs> you, you can forget that. And, and we have to have constant reminder uh, by men of God such as yourself, uh, apostles, evangelists, uh, prophets, people that are literally, uh, their call in life is to win souls and keep the church on track. Because you get so tempted, sure. not 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 mean spirited, well, you know, not because you no, want of course to, not, no. but but just by the, the all the work that's at hand to do what you're called to do in the area you're called to do it in. Well, I've said for so many decades that that good is the enemy of best. Right, right. And church people are good. Churches are good. Yes, they're always doing good things. You know, they'll right. feed the hungry or they'll. They'll, right. you know, go into the community and sponsor a little league team or they'll, yeah. they're just always doing good stuff. Right. But sometimes you get so busy. Yes. Doing the good stuff. Right. That you don't have time for or you're too worn out for right. the best thing. Right. It's kind of like marriage. I teach this in my marriage seminars, mm -hmm. you know, over all these years that, that uh, if you don't watch out, you, you don't, you, you're so busy taking care of the dog and the cat and taking out the garbage and mowing the grass and, 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 and giving the kids a bath and, and all that, that you don't have time to work on the marriage. Right. That the marriage suffers, the husband and wife suffers. Exactly. Because they're so busy doing good stuff. Right. That they don't have time for the Boy, best that's stuff. that's the truth. And, and yet they don't understand that because, and you've heard me say this in marriage seminars many times, but they don't understand that, uh, that those things are vital and they're important, but yet uh, you, can't, you can't do without the, right. the best. You've got to take care of the best. You have, and, and yet, a wife will say, "Yeah, but my number one job is to take care of the kids." Yeah, and the husband will say, "Yeah, but my number one job is to is to have a job so I can support the wife and kids." Right, right. And even though those things are vital and they're important, that's not the number one thing. It's kind of like I've told pastors personally, that's uh, true. not necessarily from the that's pulpit, the but truth. told pastors personally so many times over these these many decades. I say, "Look, I don't care how many seminars you have a year; it's none right. of my business." I don't care. This is I, such I don't care. Good I, I don't care how many conferences you have. It's none of my business. You can have a you can have a, a Holy Spirit seminar. You can have a Gifts of the Spirit seminar. Mm -hmm. You can have a healing seminar. You can have a Prosperity seminar. You can have a, a Holy Ghost seminar. You can have any kind <laughs> right. of seminar conference you want you to. Want. But there's two 
really? that you MUST must have. Yeah. There's two you should have. There's two that heaven actually cares about. There's that's two right. that God actually attends when you do it. And right. that's the marriage seminar because God cares about the family, family. the local family. Yes. And a mission seminar because God cares about the family. So you got the local <laughs> family, the international family. Right. Those are the things God's interested in. That's why, as you said a few moments ago, that in the Garden of Eden, whenever whenever Adam and Eve, <laughs> you know, Adam woke up from his nap with a rib missing, and, and and he and Eve were standing there, and God says, "Now listen, kids. Yeah. Here's the purpose. Get your notepad. Get your pens on paper. <laughs> get your tape recorder. I'm about to tell you your reason for existence right. on yes. planet Earth. I'm about yes. the Creator is about to speak to the creature right. for the first time ever." And I'm going to tell you your That's marching so orders, your purpose, That's your, so good. Your, your reason for existence, the reason you draw breath in your lungs, yeah, right. this is it. And he looked at him and said, multiply and be fruitful. <laughs> in other words, give me a family. God said, I a family. want a That's family. Right. I want you to have babies right here in this garden. Right. And every day, can you imagine this, Renee? Oh, every my. day, he said, I'm going to come down in the cool of the day, and I'm going to take you, Eve, honey, by the hand. and." Adam, buddy, I'm going to take you by the hand, and we're going to tiptoe through the tulips together and bask in the Shekinah glory of me uh, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. That was forever. the plan. That's it. And you just have your babies, and I'll come down and play with them, and they have their babies, and I'll come down and play with them. And there's no sickness and no sorrow and no, no poverty and no disease and no pain and no death. See, we, we were never supposed to be exposed to the trauma of death. No, that's right. If we were, that's it's why we don't handle it well. That's it, why we don't handle it well. Not in if, us. If, if, if we no were supposed to, how much to, we experience it. If we were supposed to put up with that or go through that, right. God would have put it in the garden right. and taught us how to deal with it. But He didn't put it in the garden because He mm -hmm. never intended for it to happen. Right. And so we owe Adam for that. Thanks, buddy. But uh, but God said, "Give me a family." That's all their instructions were. Right. He didn't say do this and this and this and this. Yeah. And this. He said do this. Mm -hmm. Adam, all you have to do yeah. <laughs> is love your wife. And Eve, all you have to do is love your husband. And I'll come down the cool of the day and we'll play and talk. And then I want you to have babies for me. Right. That was it. That was the plan. Yeah, just w have dominion. Hard. It's all yours. Take dominion. Wasn't difficult. It to you. You know, wasn't hard to figure out. It right. was have babies. <laughs> and then when Adam messed that up. Oh, well. And we got outside the garden where there's the Horrific. curse came. And there's the Tragic death and the loss. sickness and the, the disease and the, the pain and the, the sorrow and the, with all that stuff. Then God said, uh, you know, the plan hadn't changed. No. The plan, the plan's the same. Every time you teach on that, that's so So, so many people think that once a plan gets messed up, that uh, the plan is now changed. Right. But it's not. It's just, you know, Brother Hagan used to tell us this there, uh, there in Tulsa. You know, he'd say, he'd say, you know, if you're driving from Tulsa to Fort Worth, mm -hmm. On Interstate 35, and he said, uh, and you get, you know, 50 miles out of town or 60 or whatever, and you come across to a river and the bridge is out. Right. He said, you don't just stop and sit on the side of the road and cry and say, well, I thought that was the plan. I thought I was supposed to go to Fort Worth, but I can't go. The bridge is out. I can't go. He said, no, you just go another way. Right. You just take a different route. You just back up and say, well, there, there's more than one way to get to Fort Worth. Exactly. But he also said, and if you've been driving for 10, 15, 20 hours, three days, five days, something's wrong. You should have gotten there by now. And, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and so, so just because Adam messed up the plan right. doesn't mean God threw away the plan. No, he just right. said, you know what? This isn't going to work. Right. 
God looked at them in the Garden of Eden. He said, this is not going to work. They messed up. And he says, so the plan's the same. I'm just going to have to do it by another route. I'm going to have to go another way. I'm going to have to do another thing. Here's what I'll do. I'll give them the church. I'll give them the, the law. I'll give them the Bible. Right. I'll give them the, 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 the commandments. I'll, I'll, I'll give them the, the temple. I'll give them the priest. I'll give, I'll give them the blood sacrifice. I'll give them forgiveness. I'll give them atonement. I'll give them all this stuff so, so they can do better. And we can still stay together. <laughs> and he said, and then he said, then I'm also going to send Jesus. Yes. And he'll fix it. He'll make it right. The ultimate. And so, sacrifice. so, so finally, I mean, just think, Renee, we just had Christmas. Right. Just think. Yes, we did. Um, the most Blessed prophesied season. event in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. The most prophesied event, the most looked forward right. to event in the history of the world was the birth of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. Right. I mean, every time a prophet was born into this earth, God poked him in the ribs and said, say he's coming. Yes. Say he's coming. <laughs> and every prophet, I mean, all through the Old Testament, he's coming. He's, he's coming. coming. The Messiah's coming. Yes. He's coming. He'll be born in the city Emmanuel. of David. He'll be born in Bethlehem. He'll be born. <laughs> they all said it. Yes. In fact, In fact, Moses prophesied it. In, uh, in Deuteronomy 18, 18, and he said, a great prophet's coming, talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then David prophesied it in the Psalms and said, a great priest is coming after the order of Melchizedek, mm-hmm. talking about Jesus. And then Zechariah prophesied it in Zechariah 9, 9 and said, a great king is coming and he'll be riding on a donkey, riding on the, uh, the, a colt, the, the fold of a, and uh, talking about Jesus. Yes. The prophet, the priest, and the king. The king. And I, I've taught all over the world. I've taught it in the jungles to naked natives that, 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 that the only office ever, ever anointed in the Old Testament, the only time they took a horn, mm-hmm. filled it with oil representing the Holy Spirit, and poured it over somebody's head to anoint them of the Holy Ghost, was the only th- times they did it was the office of the prophet, right. the office of the priest, priest, and the office of the office king. Of king. Those were the three anointed offices. Well, when Jesus came... He was the prophet that Moses prophesied right. about. He was the priest that David prophesied about after the order of Melchizedek. He was the king that Zechariah prophesied that would come riding in. They laid palm fronds mm-hmm. in the oh, and right. said, Hosanna, Hosanna to yes, the king. Yes. And so the most prophesied event, he'll be born of a virgin. He'll be born in the city of David. He'll be born in Bethlehem of Judea. The world will be on his shoulders. The government's will be on his right. he, He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. They looked forward to that for 4,000 right. years. Right. And finally, he came. Christmas. Right. He came. And we just celebrated such a came, wonderful season. When he came to fulfill the most prophesied event in history, mm-hmm. where was the church? <laughs> they weren't there. <laughs> You know, a few shepherds got in on it, right, and then later right. on, some wise men got in on right. it. Wise men still do, by the way. But where was the church on the night Jesus was born? They were just busy. They were out studying Greek and Hebrew and reading their concordance and, right. and, and, and you know, and going to a little prayer meeting here and there. And no, 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 no. They, they missed the most prophesied event that in something? history Think because God said, what? I want a family. And it didn't work the first time with the first man, Adam, so I'm sending it the second man, Adam, and we're going to do this again. We're going to fix it this time. And so then Jesus, at the end of his life, he said to the disciples in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, in John, and Acts five times, he said, get the gospel to the world. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Rescue perishing souls. Save the law, which is what? It's another way of saying, give God a family. That's Only, Only this time, 
in the Old Testament, it was just give God the family of the Jews. Right. Now, Jesus said, give God a family of the Gentiles and the Jew, everybody. The whole world. And the plan never changed. God wants a, a family. family. And so we, here we are now in 2022, and uh, the plan's still the same. It is. Give God a family. So if your church isn't giving God a family, if you're not giving God a family, mm -hmm. if a ministry's not giving God a family, no matter how great they are, no matter how much good stuff they That's do, right. no matter how much they sing, no matter how much they prophesy, no matter what they do, if they're not winning souls, right. they're missing the plan. In fact, they're just out of the will of God. Well, and that's what, you know, everything that we do is just to help you in some way uh, really uh, get back on track if you need to. Beginning of the year is a great time to do that. We just came out of that glorious Christmas season. Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, he's now a, with us. He's not he's now with us. He now he's in us after the cross. And so we have all of that message to take to the world. And Terry wrote a book uh, I don't many years ago now called God's Opinion of You. And uh, this book has been given out by the thousands, tens of thousands. Uh, but what we want to do is give this book to you because we have another great announcement for you. Uh, one of Terry's lifelong statements has been, I know God is good and I know his word is truth. And we have T-shirts like that now <laughs> available do. for $25. And if you will order one of these, we have sizing for you and everything. We will give you God's opinion of you free. And so if you'll just... Write in, call in, uh, let somebody know in our ministry about it. We will be glad to send this out to you. And uh, we've tried to get them in lots of different sizes, so they should be available for you. And then the great new series that we just put together just by uh, towards the last quarter of the year. And this is a, a Legacy Volume 1 series of four of Terry's messages that God gave him that he's preached around the world. Darling, I mean, my goodness, decades now. Uh, what do you, who do you say Jesus is? Salvation is of the Lord. How to live stable in unstable times. Uh -huh. That's where we are, where now. the word of the king is, there is power. So as we close the program today, uh, we want to remind you about all these things that are available to you. We are so thrilled to offer them. And uh, you just call our office, get in touch with us. TerryMize.com. Yeah, TerryMize.com. Our office, all the information is there. And our time has run out for today. And we're just doing everything we can to help you start the, the year right and tell you one more time that you are more, <laughs> more than, than conquerors. Bye-bye. See y'all later. I read Terry's stories about being ended up being in Mexico, being shot at by robbers. Eating up the stories that he would tell of his missions and ministry, and it would build my faith. You know, purpose is what the Christian life is all about. No one was more on purpose than Jesus. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. He knew why he was here. He wasn't confused about why he was here. The church today sometimes seems like she doesn't know why she's here. And I've often said that she doesn't know why she's here because she forgot why Jesus came. 
They came to Jesus one time and said, Jesus, you preached really good over there the other night. Come back and preach for us again in the book of Luke. And he said, no, I must go to the next towns also, for thereunto am I sent. He wasn't willing, Paul wasn't willing, to saturate the one area with the gospel over and over and over and over. He knew he had to go to many cities, many cities, many nations. He knew that he was a soldier under command. He had a job to do, and we have a job to do. Our purpose is to get the gospel to the world. We're not here just marking time. We're not here just to sit in the church pew and do nothing. We're here to be about the master's business and fulfill the Great Commission. Remember, you are more than conquerors.